Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Weekend Grind. We're back. I'm your host, Travis Mangone, here with the man who's uh, been getting hitting all the six-pack home runs. He sometimes goes by the name Turd Ferguson. Uh, it's Grant Niefer. How's it going over there, Grant? Oh, man, I've been better. That uh, home run, There was one thing that could have beat me for my second live final seat on FanDuel, and it was a Puig home run with one guy on base, and... Guess what happened? Yep, this Puig, the Puig homer, man. I was uh, kind of sweating it out with you, and uh, I, I was. It was unfortunate it happened, but uh, man, that's DFS. Uh, it happens, but yeah, at least you already got one seat there, right? Yeah, no, this would this would be tough if I didn't already have a seat. I mean, because the second seat, yeah, it's it's money, it's blah blah blah. But I'm mostly there to for for the open bar and for the experience, which I'm going to get those, so I'll be happy. Yeah, and uh, it should be a good time overall. That'll be fun. I got to cue myself there. I, I, I forgot to even try today. So, uh, and I don't try too often, but maybe uh, we'll see if there's any cues this weekend or the next week. Uh, I'll make sure to try my best to look for it. So, uh, cause, uh, it'd be fun to get out there. Still haven't been to California, Grant, so I have to take a trip out. Are you fudging me? I yep. censored myself there because I can't believe that. I guess you're, you're real far away, but even I've been to New Jersey. Uh, yeah, I still have not been out to California, man. I've always wanted to. I always see the, uh, you know, sunny and 75 out there in San Diego. So hopefully I can uh, enjoy that at some point in my life. But let's dive right in. The people are here for the MLB stuff. They want to talk about the slates. And we're going to give you guys a little bit extra. Today. We're going to do all the slates. We won't just do the main. We're going to do the early two. It's split up 7-8. Or seven, yeah, seven and eight for the slates. It's all nice, nice set of games. We're gonna go game by game, and we'll start off with the first one: Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago White Sox, and uh, got Julius Chassin against James Shields. And this is the early slate. Just to kind of sum it up real quick, it's not the greatest for pitching, so uh, we're gonna have to take some shots on guys we don't love. But uh, are you taking any shots on Chassin or Shields? Uh, I mean, like it's it's the pricing's ugly. Like it's uh, not even ugly. It's actually really good on this early slate. So, like, just because of that, I may be thinking about Chasin a little bit. Like, he's not got any great stuff, but going up against this White Sox offense, like, he, he's he's into the equation. I doubt I'll actually end up with any exposure to him, but as a tournament uh, play, like, it's not the worst idea in the world because it gets real ugly here over on DK outside of the 9.4 and below is where it gets real bad. And even that, like, all the guys – priced above that outside of one are just way too overpriced so just strictly based on scarcity and pricing he's in place slightly but it's not a great play by any means yeah well i need to see what white Sox on if they tried out there because uh, just has been pretty good against righties this year and a lot of the better hitters are righties on the white Sox. i mean the woba is at 261 the iso is at 105 been really good against uh right handers against lefties obviously had his struggles with uh 340 woba and a 166 iso this is for the 2017 and 2018 i was really pulled to 2018 just to see oh yeah no there's definitely had a little bit of struggles in 2018 uh so eh, i don't know it's it's the idea of you know we see the Pitchers against White Sox, you know, righties against White Sox is, is a thing that we try to do in the industry. But I don't know. On this early slate, I think we can try other spots. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I didn't want to do it, but then I was looking at the numbers and I saw I was doing better against Rays, but that was more so last year's numbers and this year's numbers. It's just not looking so great. So I say we stay away from these two pitchers. Uh, even James Shields, too, again, uh, he's terrible. Don't want to really uh, go with him, but I think these bats are interesting. Grant, uh, who, you, who do you want to get exposure to? All of them. This is the – these are the two best stacks of the early slate besides one other one that we'll get to shortly. But, like, Shields, obviously, we know everything about him. Like, they're going to be – Brewers are going to be highly owned, but – Shield just gives us such a ridiculous amount of hard contact and home runs. Like, you know, you can always rely on him getting hit out of the yard. Uh, so I'll take Kane. I'll take Yelich. I'll take Aguilar. I'll, I'll take anyone one through six in this lineup or one through eight, depending on what lineup comes out here. Like, there's a lot of guys with power here. It's not in a bad hitter's ballpark. James Shield is terrible. So from the Brewer side of the ball, I, I love all the bats. But the problem is they're going to come in at pretty high ownership. Yeah, I expect the Brewers to get some ownership against Shields. You know, Travis Shaw seems like an easy guy to be hitting one out tomorrow for sure. G Manchoy, if he gets a good lineup spot for cheap, going to like him. Uh, definitely going to want to get a ton of exposure to this Brewers offense. Uh, White Sox, I think they're fine. I don't know. Uh, they're an interesting offense tomorrow. I more so prefer them when they're going up against a lefty instead. Uh, anything else from this game, Grant, or you want to move on? Well, White Sox might be, like, depending on what lineup they roll out, they might be the best stack from a ownership and everything – uh, standpoint. I mean, just seeing he walks so many guys from the left side of the plate. And I mean, just looking at RG's page right now, they'll have Tilson, Navarro, Polka, Skull, Mikado, Sanchez. Like, they'll have a lot of lefties in there. Like, these guys aren't thing, aren't guys that you really worry about that much for the most part. But Polka, or Polka, whatever his name is, Skull, Mikado, uh, even Abreu from the right side of the plate. You don't, one thing you always have to take into account is if there's a lot of base runners then you can really do some damage and rack up some points. Probably better on FanDuel than DraftKings because the RBIs are, and runs are worth more there. But if if there's enough lefties in this lineup, this is by far the best stack on the slate considering like how low-owned they might be in comparison to some of the other teams with much higher run totals. So they're my second favorite stack on the slate, assuming that Polka, Skull, Tilson, and Navarro will probably be in there. Yeah, that's fine if you want to go that route. Uh, I think that could obviously work. That, seeing what the White Sox lineup is definitely going to be interesting because they uh, they can roll out a bunch of different ways. So definitely check that out tomorrow. Next game on the slate: Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals. We got a nine total here, and I, man, uh, first look, I was like Chad Cool. Uh, I thought he'd be a great option. I like Tyon today with all those righties. Chad Cool has his issues against lefties, and the one lefty I'm really worried about right now is Matt Carpenter. So I figured this would be a great spot for Cool. But Vegas disagrees with a four point eight seven run total. Uh, I don't know. What are you kind of doing here? Because I was kind of thinking Cool would be a really good option. I think he's a good tournament play, but I am slightly concerned to kind of do it in cash because again, I don't like these pitchers on the slate, and I was considering it as a cash. Option. yeah i think there are better cash options but he's probably probably three or four on the list so i don't think he'd make it into my cash game lineup at this moment but like if if some weather is an issue or anything like that or if i just can't like bats better in certain spots and i need a little bit extra money that he's the third or fourth option i'm going with here like it's tough with the weather but it's yeah it's just a good spot considering there's going to be what, seven righties in this lineup in all likelihood? And if they even throw any other lefties in there, they're not going to be real imposing ones. So the weather's a little bit to worry. It's going to be hot out there, and I'm assuming humid. So that's what you have to worry about there. But other than that, like Cole, just because of scarcity and because of bad or tough pricing here, he's in play. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, for sure. What about on the opposite side? Luke Weaver. Uh, I like him. He's a guy I normally play, but Pirates are not a team I, I attack too often. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on what to do with Luke Weaver here. Sure, he can have a good price tag in some spots. I mean, like Fanville has got at 7.7K. Let's see, drafting time at 7.9. I think he's playable. I just don't know if I'm going to do it, but what about you? Yeah, he's playable. The problem is there's like where you're going to want to use him is probably – like you could use him cash, but GPPs, like looking at the – Pittsburgh K rates. The highest one is Dickerson with 19.7. If you're just looking back to the beginning of last season, like they don't strike out a huge clip and the weather is tough there. So Weaver is probably realistically number four on my list of pitchers today. When you factor in pricing, I'm going to stay away from him in all likelihood outside of a little bit of exposure in GPPs. But like if the weather were nice, it'd be a different story, but it's not. And this matchup is just not great. When you look at upside for a pitcher, yeah, I I don't know. I, I just don't think the upside's there, too, just kind of what you said. Uh, it is hot, though, there, right? 86 degrees, 87. Uh, that's obviously going to be good for bats at times. Uh, who are you getting exposure to here? I think Carpenter's a really interesting option against Cool. And then on the Pirates side, I kind of just don't know where I'd go. Maybe attack some of these lefties, but what about you? What are you thinking with these bats? I mean, there's nothing that's fantastic on the Pittsburgh side of the ball. I mean, Weaver gets a good amount of ground ball. It's like, there, there's just no great spot. And then on the Cardinals side, like, yeah, it gets hot, but Cole is much, much better versus righties. So if I'm getting exposure, it's either going to be Fowler or it's going to be Carpenter. Like, those are the two guys you want to go with. You want to go with the lefties. They'll both be tournament one-offs me and just maybe if they throw some other lefties in their lineup, I can't think of anyone they would actually throw in there that's really that imposing. So this whole game probably just limits my exposure to Carpenter and Fowler. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's go to the next one. And this is the Oakland Athletics and the Kansas City Royals. And uh, this is tough looking at this game, right? Uh, we liked the A's yesterday. I love the A's. You love the A's. So I'm sure we're going to go back to the well against Jason Hamill. Uh, he's not someone I'm not looking to play today. But on the opposite side, Trevor Cahill, he's 10-2. I think he's interesting. If he wasn't as expensive, I'd have more interest in him. And the problem is I don't think there's a lot of upside against the Royals offense. So for me, this game is a whole ground. I'm just like, give me the A's offense again. Let's do round two of the Oakland A's. How's that sound to you? Yeah, yeah, no, A's are my favorite stack on this slate, and the 5.5 implied team total of the Yankees right now makes me think that ownership will be high on them, but they won't be nearly as high as it should be. Like, you got the Indians and you got a few other guys with high implied team totals here. So I'm not worried about it. There is going to be a little bit of recency bias considering what they did today, but, like, the A's are just a full lock and load, and Cahill, like, Royals don't strike out at a huge clip. Like, most of the guys are on sub-20K rates. So his upside is really limited there. And that price tag is just, just God awful. So I'm not, I don't think I'm touching anything other than a whole bunch of A's bats on this, in this game. Yeah. So if, if you can narrow it down, Greg, give me four of them. Uh, which four A's bats are you going with? Uh, Matt Olson. Uh, if you guys don't already know when Matt Olson gets hot, he gets real hot. We saw it all last year. We've seen it earlier on this season. We had a stretch of what, four or five games where he had four or five bombs. Um, when he gets hot, we've seen, two home runs today and one home run the day before he is going to just rip the ball off the cover. He is the, on the early slate, he is the highest raw points, not just points per dollar play on the entire early slate. So I'm going to be all over him. Then it's followed shortly by probably on a point per dollar basis, Joyce, maybe uh, and then just raw points, Lowry Davis and Chapman are all heavily in play. And if Simeon gets back into this lineup, then it makes an easy shortstop play to round out your stack. Uh, on a slate where there's not really a whole lot of shortstop options outside of DD. 
Yeah, I agree with all that. And yeah, Matt Olson, he is hotter than Hansel right now. You're going to have to be on him. Ride him out. Uh, he's a good guy to be rostered when he's hitting home runs. Uh, Royals offense, just fade him away and uh, call it a day. Yeah, I mean, you can go with Moustakas as a one-off because the K rate isn't really a huge amount to worry about. I mean, Kale's kind of a splits neutral guy to an extent um, outside if he walks a lot more lefties. So the upside isn't there as much, and they are playing the Royals. I, one thing to check on is if the weather is real hot like it is over in St. Louis, and it was today, then that kind of gives them a little bit of a boost. And with no team on the entire early slate, I don't believe, under a four-implied run total, uh, they could be guys that might go a little bit under own. So if you want to go a mini stack with Mustakas, Perez, and Soler, or Wit, uh, and that's it. But realistically, there are better, better choices here. Yeah, uh, agreed with you. Uh, let's go on to the next game. This is a game people are going to be looking to target here. I think the Yankees are going to be a team we, we talk about a lot here. We got Tanaka against Kevin Gaussman, and uh, let's talk about it now. Tanaka, is he one of the main pitcher targets on this slate that people are going to be looking at, and you you yourself? Yeah, he's the top pitching option on this entire slate. Um, in my point of view, like, it is playing at a tough part. Tanaka tends to, like, not even get wild at times, just to leave a pitch hanging out over the plate and they will hit it out of the ballpark. So you always have to worry about home runs a little bit with him. And this Baltimore team is a team that they can capitalize on those types of pitchers. But still, the 25% K rate, like his low walk rate, all these things make that he could easily give up three bombs and only end up with three earned runs and get 12 Ks against this high K Baltimore offense. So I'm going to be rolling with him quite a bit. May just lock him in entirely. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to do that. Uh, it, it just seems like such a great spot against the Orioles. Uh, Tanaka, you know, he'll throw you a lot of junk. He'll get you to swing and miss a ton. And it seems like the, man, the Orioles are a team that's going to be chasing, right? They're, they're a team that definitely does that. So uh, it feels like I'm getting like 4Ks out of Chris Davis, too. Uh, that guy's terrible. Uh, this up and down this lineup. This lineup is not good with the Orioles. So sure, you're scared of uh, maybe Machado to hit one out. But uh, other than that, man, I think Tanaka is in for a pretty good game here. I think he's the top overall pitcher as well. And then Kevin Gaussman on the opposite side. Uh, uh, you know, Yankees have a 4.47 uh, run total, 5.47 run total. This is a game that I think we're going to be all over these Yankees bats. Once again, we were all over them yesterday. We going up, loading up on them again today, Grant? I mean, their ownership's going to be so high. Like, obviously, these are a lot of the bats you go for in cash. And if you're not worried about ownership, so mostly small field tournaments, you can absolutely roll with them. They're the top raw points play of the entire slate, except for Maybe the athletics, but I'm just way higher on them than pretty much anyone else in DFS right now. So I think you can roll with pretty much any of these bats. If you are going to stack them, I think it's a smart idea to roll with some of these bats in the lower end of the order, like Hicks will probably be batting second. Miguel is probably going to be batting eighth. Like roll with those, differentiate your stack a little bit if you're rolling with these Yankees bats. But like I said, they're the top raw points play on the entire slate. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. They're definitely the batch you want to look at the load up on. Definitely get exposure to these guys. And we're at the FanDuel fixed birds price yet. Uh, 3.2K now. So uh, it's getting a little better, but uh, man, that's going to be a nice little value there too. And uh, I'll be loading up on the Yankees for sure on this slate. No Orioles really? Just move on to the next one? I mean, any of these Orioles with power can be a one-off just because Tanaka does tend to get hit pretty hard for just random pitches. So he could end up with one, two home runs, like I said. So Machado, Jones, Trumbo, Scope, Davis, Mancini, Valencia are all guys that you could go with as a one-off or two of them, but it's not a good idea to stack these guys up by any means. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And, and Grant, life is better when you don't play Chris Davis. I've learned that, so uh, I'm going to keep doing it. I keep that. doing it. I refuse to learn my lesson, and I've been doing it for four years straight now. And it's worked out sometimes, but I, I, it always seems to happen. Like, he's won me multiple live final entries, strangely enough, and he sent me to go hang out with Drew Brees. So I have a soft spot in my heart for him because I play him so often, and the but the – the big wins I have are generally because of him because everyone just gets scared off of him and I'll have a random two home run game. All right. Well, we'll see if it happens tomorrow, but I'm staying away for now. Uh, I, I'm wondering when the days I will get suckered back in, but I'm, I'm strictly off him for right now, but let's head over to the next one. Washington Nationals, Atlanta Braves, nine total here. We got the Gio, we got Gio Gonzalez going up against Brandon McCarthy and Gio Gonzalez this is a guy that I actually like more than most people in the industry. It feels like whenever anyone says the word Gio Gonzalez, it sounds like they're saying Voldemort. Like no one likes talking about Gio, but he's been really good like the past year and a half or so. I think this matchup is not the best, but the pitching on this slate is not the best. So I think he's in play. What are you kind of doing with Gio Gonzalez? I'm I'm not happy about this, but pricing is just so messed up. I'm not paying 12K for Bauer. I'm not paying 10K for Hill. I'm not paying 11K for Hap. So Gio's the second guy I'm going with just because I hate playing him. I hate stacking or playing pitchers against Atlanta. It's not a great thing to do, but scarcity and pricing just dictates that we play Gio and we, I might end up with like, I may end up with one or two shares of other guys, but as of right now, unless like ownership is just sky high, it looks like in the morning, Geo and Snock are guys that you can just lock it, both of them into your lineup and move on. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. And again, it's definitely gonna be a little scary against the Braves. The Braves are not a team I love to target against, but uh, I don't know. I think our, our hand is kind of uh, drawn here. We, we, we have to, uh, it's being forced. We have to kind of play him at least that's the most optimal way you can go uh which if that's the case i could see pivoting away from him a little bit in tournaments if you're worried but i don't know geo has pitched pretty efficiently throughout the year uh, i'm just gonna kind of hope he does it again and pulls it off so uh and that this phrase often since the akuna injury has been struggling a bit uh brandon mccarthy's on the opposite side you know nationals i think are gonna be a stack that completely overlooked i'm not going to be playing mccarthy on this late i think the national stack would be one that's interesting what about you uh, I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, McCarthy's a bit worse versus lefties than righties, but he's solid with both of them overall. Like, he gets a lot of ground balls there. I have to look into the weather tomorrow and see what's going to happen in Atlanta. If it's good hitting weather, I could see this as an off-board stack because they got a few decent lefties in their lineup. Um, the place I'm going to go most is going to be Harper, obviously, because he's he's Bryce Harper. And then Soto is a guy that continues to play, be underplayed if he's not at the top of the lineup. He's still 3.8K over on DraftKings, and he's still quite possibly the top rookie in the entire league. So he's where I'm going to be getting exposure if I do. If the hitting weather is good, then I'll do a mini lefty stack or maybe even a full stack. If Reynolds gets in the lineup, that adds a little bit more interest to it. Even though he's not as good versus righties as lefties, he's still a very good hitter that can hit a bomb. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I like I like Harper. I like the Adams, Soto, all those lefties that you talked about. One thing I want to talk about a little bit is Trey Turner, too. Uh, the stolen bases is what, what I'm kind of looking at here. And if you look at Brandon McCarthy, he's definitely had his struggles with runners on. This year, it's gotten a little bit better. He's, got, he's done 11 starts, and it's only two stolen bases, but that's a small sample, right? We got 19 starts where he's done 92 innings with 10 stolen bases. That was in 2017. 2016, uh, he went 40 innings, six stolen bases. Then in, in uh, 2014, I mean, 17 stolen bases off of two innings. I mean, he is a guy that has had his issues, and the Braves, they have catchers that have their issues with it. I'm sure that Tyler Flowers will be back there. He's not a guy that we are scared of. We like to run on them, and Trey Turner is an elite space runner. This could be a matchup where he really racks him up, I think, Grant. 
Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You, 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 you got me there. I, 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 I did not remember that off the top of my head. You smart guy, you. Hey, listen, not, not, not as smart as you with your six pack home runs, but uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep up with you, Grant, but uh, yeah, Trey Turner, like him a lot tomorrow and all these nationals, I think they're going to be an interesting stack. Uh, any, any interest in the Braves uh, bats at all? Is that like a contrarian leverage play that you can do if you think Gio's going to get some ownership? I mean, in big field tournaments, they're absolutely in play because like I said, um, Tanaka is a guy that's just going to give up a few home runs. So it's not a good idea to full stack. Gio's a guy that can get wild and somehow seems to magically get out of it every single time. So he's a guy that can absolutely get blown up. And because of that, even though Gio's by far the best play at pitcher besides Tanaka, he's going to be super heavily owned. So just in large field tournaments, Brave Stack's probably the way to go. Yeah, I could see it as like a leverage play. It's one of those uh, one of those spots that you can definitely pull it off. Let's go on to the next one, and we have some weather in this game. Don't really know it, what it's going to be, but it's it's red right on the uh, on the Rotogrinders page, so I'm assuming there will be some issues here. Uh, stay tuned for what Roth has to say. But we have the Cleveland Indians, the Minnesota Twins, nine total here with Trevor Bauer, who, uh, ah, man, he is so expensive. Uh, I don't really want to be you know paying this price for him, but uh, he's going against Lance Lynn. This is a game that I think uh, is all Indians all day. Uh, if you have the money for Bauer, you can do it. I think it's fine, Grant, but I don't know if I want to pay the money. What about you? Um, no, not a, not a chance. Just don't do it. Like, I can't – like, it may it may come into play depending on – like, I haven't created rosters yet, so it was obviously done the night before. If you can find enough cheap bats where you can get him at incredibly low ownership where he has close to the top – the biggest upside on the entire slate – then I could see using him, but right now it's all the bats I'm looking at are heavily enough priced where I don't think I'll end up with him. You know, I think there's something interesting to note, and I kind of, you know, we've been playing DFS for so long, right? You kind of like remember things of guys that are pretty good against them. And if you look at the BVP here on it, just like I said, I remember Bauer's been pretty good against these guys, and he's had his way with Dozier, seven for 36 uh, against uh, Dozier, and then uh, two for 24 against Miguel Sano. I mean, Bauer's definitely had his time with those big power bats. He's had his way, and overall, I mean, they're only batting, uh, you know, 50 out of, 50 hits out of uh, 214 at-bats with only two home runs, and they're batting two. 234 average so i don't know i know bowers had his uh you know pretty good outings against them and i could see it again if you have the money i don't think it's one of those guys where i'm like jamming him in but if i build lineups kind of like what you said if i'm building lineups and there's value there and then bower kind of fits that last spot and the weather's fine and say the weather looks a little shaky where people just don't even want to play him price tag too i think he's really interesting in tournaments uh again i'm not like the biggest bvp person ever but i just this is something that definitely stuck in my head and with these individual uh games when they see guys over and over uh i mean he's just really had his way and like even joe mauer he's had the best uh bvp of any of these guys on here he's had the best of all of them he's not going to be in this game possibly so i believe he's still injured i don't think he's coming back so yeah i think bauer is interesting if you have the money but i just see myself like i said i'm kind of defaulting to the tanaka geo route like you are right now and uh uh, it, I can condone the Bauer take if you want to go for it. If you if it kind of fits everything and fits your salary, go for it. But for me, I'm not really uh, you know loving it. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, like there are routes where he is viable because raw points, he is better than Geo or he's better than Tanaka. But like, unless we get a Raja Davis at like 2.4k at the top of the lineup, random other things where you get cheapies at the top of the lineup, then there's just no real reason to pay that much cash. And there's no reason outside of ownership to pay up for him in tournaments. 
Yep, that weather. I mean, there's just a lot in play with that. So uh, interesting. We'll have to watch and monitor for that. And lineups are always important on the weekends. We get some wonky lineups, and that can help and uh, make them more in play. But let's move on to the next one. Or actually, let's move on to the other pitcher. Sorry. Uh, talk so much about uh, Bauer. I forgot to mention Lance, Lance Lynn. And uh, I want to target Lance Lynn here with the Indians bats. These Indian bats have been hitting pretty well, Grant. Uh, they're another stack where I think Yankee stack and the A stack and the Brewers are like the main ones that people are looking at. I think Indians could really go overlooked. They have expensive price tags around the industry. When you start jamming in those guys, it kind of gets tough to make your lineups the way you want. So what do you think about an Indian stack against Lancelin? Am I crazy thinking they might go under owned? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, just because like on a normal slate, yes, it would be like we would think that they were are going to go a little under owned because they're pricing, but people are going to be forcing in coal. Tanaka and Geo into their lineups. So this they're going to have money to spend up, and they're going to be spending up on these Cleveland Indians. They're going to be really heavily owned because so much of that, so much of the implied run total comes from their top five batters, like one through five in their lineup. They're all doing great. They're the hottest team in baseball. And outside of New York, they are going to be a highest owned team, I think. They may actually be higher owned than the A's, even though the A's just crushed today. Um, so, yeah, yeah, basically – uh, I'm still on board for them, but it's a little bit tough with their ownership. But, I mean, they're still probably either my third or fourth favorite stack on the day. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I always feel like the Indians are just going to go on their own. I think it's like one thing I just always think. Uh, I kind of like just put together for some reason. I don't know why, but I just hate paying their price tags. They're really expensive, but they're they're really good options. Like Jose Ramirez, he's amazing. 5.4K is so much for him. But, uh, yeah, let's move on. I think they're obviously a, a good team. And you, you, like you said, you're, they're one of your top three, it sounded like. So uh, definitely a good team to get some exposure to today. Uh, anything else in this game, Grant? Are you ready to go to the next one? I mean, Dozier and Sano are one-offs are decent one-offs. And one thing to note is that the Indians really work the count a lot, draw a lot of walks, especially their lefties. And there's so many of them. Uh, Lynn has a 13% walk rate versus lefties. So guys are going to be on base. They're better stack on FanDuel than they are on DraftKings. I think this could easily be an eight-run game. But it's, if it is an eight-run game, it's more likely to only have a few home runs and a lot of that's going to come from guys being on base. Yeah, that definitely makes some sense. Let's go to the next one. Toronto Blue Jays, Detroit Tigers. Uh, this is J.A. Happ versus Matt Boyd. And uh, J.A. Happ, I just think he's too much. And then Matt Boyd, I just don't know how he's been so good. Uh, trying to figure it out. I don't really know what to do with this game. Grant, so I'll throw it over to you. What's your take? I mean, I ain't messing with either of these pitchers. Boyd, he may have been good enough, but his numbers still don't reflect that. 19% K rate, 8% walk rate, 4.9% or 4.9 X fifth. Now these numbers say that he's going to be that good. And this Blue Jays team has some guys that can hit lefties decently. Um, I'm, I'm much more likely to go with the Blue, Bay, Blue Jays bats than I am to go with Matt Boyd. And I'm not touching either Hap because of his price or the Tigers offense because Hap has a propensity not to get blown up. And with Cabrera in that offense, people might be more apt to use this Tigers offense. Yeah, I, I think this is like a good like cross-off game. You know, if you're looking for a game to cross off, I don't hate crossing this one off, and this is probably what I'm going to end up doing. Uh, I kind of agreed with like if you play anything, it's probably Blue Jays' bats, but I don't love this game. Uh, anything else, Grant? I just think this is a good one I'm getting rid of, and it sounds like you're not as interested in it as you are in other games. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's less interesting on DraftKings because I want both Smoke and Morales in my lineup. It's not possible over on DK. So on FanDuel, it's a little bit more interesting with a stack or on a set like uh, Fantasy Draft. It becomes very interesting because you can do a nice little double stack, throw both Smoke and Morales in there and basically work around things pretty well. 
But other than that, yeah, nothing else. Yeah, that makes some sense. That wraps up the early slate, though, Grant. So let's give the people uh, our favorite stacks of the early slate. Uh, who's your favorite one that you're looking at? Uh, give the people the, your stack of the day for the early slate. Number one, A's. Number two, White Sox. Number three, Indians. All right, mine, I'm going to go A's as my number one. And then I'll give you oh, – oh, man, I really want to keep attacking James Shields. But I feel like he's just – you know, he's been kind of a magician to him getting it done. But you know what? The Brewers, they are a boom-bust team, and hopefully they boom tomorrow. I'll go with the Brewers too. So that's my one and two. But I'm going to be all over the A's. They'll be my favorite one of the early slate that I'll be getting. Lock in Matt to. Olson. Lock him in, everyone. There's Agreed. no other person that you should have locked in other than Matt Olson, even though he's going to be highly owned, he's still too cheap, and he bombs. Yep, agree with you on that. We'll be all over that tomorrow. Let's go on to the main slate now. Now, so uh, let's start this one off, and it starts off with a seven fifteen game, but it's not your typical seven fifteen game, Grant. You got to keep this in mind. This is a Coors game at seven fifteen, so technically it's at I believe five fifteen. I would say so. Uh, this is more of an afternoon game here. Uh, we have Walker Bueller going against Jeremy Marquez, ten and a half total. Uh, given a lot of respect to Walker Bueller, who I love. I think he's a really nice talent. The pitcher, he's got a really nice price tag to it, six point four K. The Rockies have a four point nine four implied total. Like that's crazy to see. We haven't seen this all year. Grant. So uh, this isn't your typical Coors game, especially with it being afternoon, with the pitchers on the mound and the offenses. Like, what are you kind of doing with this game? I mean, I'll, both of them are heavy in play. I'm more apt to use uh, the Rockies and the Dodgers just because the difference implied run totals. Bueller, he's coming in there, and he has a good slider. He has a good sinker, but balls just don't move as much in Coors, obviously. So those are two things that can be – can be taken care of a little bit. And, I mean, Bueller, the biggest thing he's done is limit huge amounts or get huge amounts of soft contact to righties this year, 29%. I can't remember seeing a pitcher get that much soft contact. I don't think that's going to stay in Coors. I think he might be affected a little bit more. And I think just his name and how well he's done is kind of keeping that implied run total down. So just because of the low implied run total, I will be playing quite a bit of Rockies. Dodgers, if they fit, like, I'll use them in double stacks if it's a low-owned offense on the other side, like I did today with Oakland, which I thought they would be low-owned, but I went a little bit off the board with them, which turned out not to be off the board at all, and double-stacked them with the Dodgers. Yeah, one thing that's just, like, interesting, too, I was, like, kind of looking at the totals, and I was, uh, you know, trying to figure out, well, obviously, Coors is the offense that we always love to go and load up on, but this is a lower Coors total at 10.5. You look at all the other totals, we have a 7.5, a 7.5, 8.5, 8, 7.5, 8, and a 7.5. I mean, there's just a lot of low totals today. So uh, it's interesting to see uh, on the day where there's not a lot of total uh, – there's not a lot of – there's not, there's not a lot of high totals. Coors is one of the lower ones of most of the core slates, right? So uh, it's pretty interesting overall on this main slate. But uh, I think it's Coors, right? You can obviously get exposure to it and uh, kind of have to – curious how the industry buzz goes on uh, if people are playing it, if people are avoiding how they're going to approach the slate because obviously with a lot of good pitchers to pay out for too, it's tougher to fit in those uh, big Coors bats. But I think they're all in play. Uh, anything else in this game? Uh, I I just don't – I don't know. I really don't know where I'm going. I kind of want to wait and see what people are talking about and kind of check projected ownership. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, yeah, it's still early on, but I still think, like, unless it's Vegas line moves, the Rockies side of the ball is going to be just be way too far under-owned for its own good, even though there was what was an 11-8 to 8 game today. 
Yeah, I do. I do love those Dodgers bats. I mean, you can go Jock, Muncy, uh, Bellinger, and Grandal. Those getting those lefties in there, and even Justin Turner who's really good. So, ah, I definitely would have. I have interest more in the Dodgers, but I get why you're having interest in the Rockies. If people people could absolutely jump off, and it could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, sure, Herman Marquez, way worse versus lefties, and there's obviously a lot of lefties in this lineup. But always keep in mind that guys could get pitch hit for. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, that, that, the Dodgers are very good at doing that. So uh, they're, they're, they're good at messing up a lot of things. Uh, Why couldn't they just pinch hit for Puig today? Son of a biscuit. Yeah, they, nothing you can do about that. Dave Roberts, uh, he strikes again. Doesn't do what you need him to do. But, oh, well. On to the next slate. Uh, and on to the next game. Let's go with the Boston Red Sox and Houston Astros. And this is one of, uh, you know – one former ace, I'd say, and then one uh, current ace, even though they're both kind of older guys. we got David Price and Justin Verlander, which would have been a fun game to watch five years ago. But now, uh, you know, Verlander, he's still on his game, but Price has been struggling a ton. And the Price, uh, no pun intended, shows for it. He is really cheap around the industry. He's only 6.8K on DraftKings. That's a really cheap price tag, Grant. So uh, what are you doing with this game? Uh, talk about uh, Price first and his price tag. I mean, I'm locking him in. It's it's plain and simple. Less people are going to play him going up against Houston. His price tag's too low. Look at what he's done over the last three games. 14 points, 25 points, 35 points, 19 points, DK points. Once he's come back from that inj- injury, he's done so much better outside of one showing against Texas. I'm going to be all over him. He's my favorite play on this entire slate. And unless he's going to be just super heavily owned, I'm I, – just all over him. And then Verlander, obviously on the other side, he's probably going to be my SB2. I have no problem going with both guys in one game, especially on this small slate. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's more in play. I think you're more bullish on price than I am. I'm definitely kind of uh, dialing back a little bit. I think the pitching's really good on this slate. Like, it even feels like maybe you can make the Verlander, like the Grom route work, the double pay of a pitcher. It just seems like it could work. And I like kind of another guy uh, better than Price at the same tier. So I'm not as bullish as you are on him, but I, I think he's interesting and certainly in play. Let's talk about Verlander, though. Is he the top ace? Is he the guy that you want to pay for on this late? Red Sox don't strike out a ton. Uh, Mookie Betts is now in the DL, so don't have to worry about him. We've been kind of on the Mookie watch every night, but no need to worry about him now. Is Verlander your top arm on this slate? Uh I'd say I'm giving him a slight edge to DeGrom, but just slight. I mean, he's got what, what a 1.3 ERA on the year or something like that, but his XFIP isn't really showing that. Yes, he's doing great versus both sides of the play. He's not walking a lot of guys. He's striking out guys at huge clips. He's not giving up a huge amount of hard contact, getting a lot of soft contact. Like, all signs don't point towards him doing well, but this Red Sox team is just so dang good. I mean, we saw Garrett Cole, a similarly as good pitcher, going today and I think he got beat up a little bit like a few guys hit a ball of a park honestly I'm not horribly against a Red Sox mini stack there with Moreland JD and then either Bogarts or Ben Attendi. I just I can't do it on this slate again so I wouldn't be able to go with the those Red Sox bats I like Verlander I kind of think I like him a little more than the ground I think he has the edge right now it's also interesting to see like I'm just looking at the uh, Vegas uh lines we have Verlander as a minus 174 favorite, and then we have the Grom as only a minus 115 against Mike Montgomery, which I just thought was really interesting to see. I also think the Astro stack is, is, is something that you can consider too. Yeah, sure, Price's uh, tag is really nice around the industry, and uh, he can definitely shows some upside at that price, but I do think those Astros bats are a little more interesting to me than the Red Sox bats. I think they have a ton of upside, uh, especially against a guy like Price who can uh, definitely struggle. So uh, anything else in this game, Grant, or you want to go to the next one? No, I'm kind of with you there on the Astros. Like, if Price is going to be as heavily owned 
as I think he might, then it's worth doing a little Astros mini stack. But that Vegas implied run total of 4.3 makes me think not as many people will be on price. Yeah, we'll have to see. That, that's going to be fun to kind of watch and see what happens because uh, I, I like getting some Houston stack shows exposure, and I don't really love the bats as much on this uh, late slate, so that might be a route I end up taking. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting. Chicago Cubs, New York Mets, 7.5 total. And again, like I said, DeGrom is only a minus 115 favorite, which kind of had me scratching my head. I know it's the Cubs, and they're a good offense and all, and the Mets offense, they're pretty terrible, but they're going against Mike Montgomery, uh, and it's lefty-lefty, and obviously a lot of the Mets' better bats are lefty, so – I'm kind of confused here why Vegas is showing us that, but DeGrom, he's a really good option. Is he going to be one of the cash guys you look to pay up for here against this Cubs offense? I mean, like I said, I think I'd give a slight edge to Verlander, but it's very, very slight. So, I mean, I'll work through my lineup. If I have, if I have enough Verlander, I'll go with Verlander. If I don't, then I'll drop down 600 bucks to DeGrom. But they're kind of neck and neck, and I think on a point-per-dollar basis, they're about the same. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I'm trying to look at the FanDuel price to see the difference. Uh, yeah, there's not – DraftKings is a uh, difference of about $600, and then FanDuel it is – yeah, it's uh, about 600 again. So, uh, yeah, it's not a uh, not a huge difference, but I, I'm probably defaulting to Verlander a little bit at the moment. Uh, he's just been so freaking good this year, man. He's He's been fun to watch, and I'm, I'm excited to watch this uh, Houston and uh, Red Sox series, but – uh, Degrom, he's got the he's got the Cubs, and I'm expecting them to get pretty left-handed heavy on him. I'll definitely be scared of bats like Rizzo. I mean, Degrom, I know he's been phenomenal this year, but do you have any interest in a Cubs stack at all? Could that be interesting? I think we kind of stay away from that. Correct. I mean, you could, but I wouldn't suggest it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we do that. And same on the Mets side. Like, I know I don't like my, Mike Montgomery, but what kind of bats do you want to target here? Like, Jose Batista, is he an interesting cheap value? Who do you like on the Mets? I just think it's a good uh, good game to kind of just move on from the bats and really not get too much exposure to, correct? Yeah, Batista, his price tag's good enough that I could use him. The problem is, the reason why the run line is so low is because most of the Mets bats are lefties. So, uh, Conforto, Bruce, Nemo, all these are the guys that you look to do well, and even Cabrera, I mean, he's a little bit better versus lefties than he is righties, so he's like the one little sweet spot in there. I'm not against using Batista for the price or Nemo just because he's been so hot lately. With that lefty and lefty, he's going to garner almost no ownership. Yep. Uh, that's definitely agree with you on that. Let's go on to the next one. We got the Cincinnati Reds, San Diego Padres. This is an eight and a half total with uh, the Dark Knight, Matt Harvey versus Eric Lauer. And I actually think this game is pretty interesting. I think this game could definitely have a, a lot of bats going off. I think this is one of the games that I would look to possibly game stack for some really cheap bats and uh, kind of jamming the pitchers with. So what do you think about this game overall, Grant? What are you doing with it? I mean, I'm not real. I'm not interested in these pitchers, obviously. Um, and these bats, I mean, I'd rather target some uh, Padres versus a lefty. Like, obviously, building a wave is great, especially versus lefty. But realistically, I don't I don't think I'm going here. I don't think I'm going with either of these guys. I think there's other spots they'd rather go. They're way far down there on my list. I'm not going to argue with a stack of either of these guys, but I I just I don't see them. They're, they're going to garner some ownership and – Playing in Petco is a little bit of a downgrade. I just don't see the reason. Uh, yeah, sorry. I got a little distracted. You don't, you don't like this game as much as I do? No, no. I guess there's not a whole oh. lot of great games on the slate. but I mean, there's like, yeah, there's not a lot of great games on the slate. But, I mean, you got Blandino as a cheap option as a righty. Uh, Suarez, I mean, you can go Duvall. And then you can obviously put Envato in there. I don't hate it. Like, Lauer's a guy that we've been attacking a little bit this year. I think he's interesting. I mean, it's it's – 
crazy to see the Reds as a favorite, honestly, but they are a favorite. And then on the opposite side, I mean, some of these lefties are, are kind of interesting. I mean, it's not the greatest, but, uh, you know, Hosmer, Jankowski, they're just cheap, right? Uh, I don't know. It just seems like an interesting possible game stack to do. And uh, I don't know. I guess I have more interest in it than you do. So eight and a half total, too. It's one of the bigger totals on the slate, technically, and just two bad pitchers in it. So maybe pet course comes out. Maybe I'll get lucky with that tomorrow. But I think it's an interesting cheap uh, cheap bats that you can kind of get some exposure to. But I get it if you don't want to. They're definitely two of the worst offenses in the league. So totally understand. Uh, and the main thing is they're going to have a little bit of ownership on. There's This is the first slate I've seen in a while where there's only, what, five teams over a four implied team total at this moment right now? Yeah, it looks like five or six teams. So there's not a whole lot to go with. Coors is going to be incredibly heavily owned. Um, but, like, this is this is a tough hitting slate, and I think enough ownership will be on these two teams with I see less upside than you do. So that's well, what I'm saying. If, if people are owning this game, Grant, which I wasn't expecting people to, I definitely don't want to be on it as much. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. That'll obviously be interesting. But uh, if people are on this, and I get I get what you're saying, with it being the higher total, people do tend to uh, you know default to those to uh, kind of load up on their bats. So if people are on it, I definitely don't want as much exposure to them. But uh, I guess we'll have to see how that uh, projected ownership shapes up. So, Chris Gimino, good luck trying to figure out the ownership tomorrow, as always. Uh, anything else in this game or you want to go to the next one? Now let's move on. All right, this is a fun one. Uh, it's Texas Rangers, Los Angeles Angels, Cole Hamels versus Garrett Richards. And for me, I'm all Angels here. I like Garrett Richards a lot. I like this Angels offense a lot. What about you? Yep. Yep. Just, yep. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Cole Hamels very, very clearly throughout the entire season. Um, all these guys are great. I don't mind playing Valbuena, assuming Hamels will get beat around a little bit. He's not going to be heavily owned. The guy's got power. He can hit the ball out of the park multiple times. Should be batting low in the lineup. But, like, Valbuena, uh, like, I like a lot of these guys that aren't the normal ones you go with of Trout, Upton, Pujols. And is Otani pitching in two days? I don't see him in the RG. Yeah, uh, if he's not in our RG one, then I'm assuming he should be pitching sort of kind of soon, or at least maybe it's like a rest. I mean, or it something. could be the lefty-lefty that's leaving him out. I mean, even, yeah. even with lefty-lefty, I'm still willing to throw him into my lineup because the dude's that good. And it's not like Cole Hamels is real ridiculous one side or the other. He kind of gets beat up by both sides. So uh, I'm fine with pretty much anyone in this lineup outside of Simmons. And if you want to differentiate your stack a little bit, Leave out Kinsler, who's done better lately and is cheap enough that he's going to be almost universally owned in stacks. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this Angels offense is going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to load up on them against uh, Hamels. They might actually be my my favorite stack to kind of look at here. The more and more I'm thinking about it, uh, it's it's nice too, right? The weather is 77 degrees out there. Sure, the humidity is not probably where you'd want it to be at, but. Uh, it's going to be hotter than, than most of the places around the industry tomorrow. Or not around the industry. I mean, no, it, honestly. It, it, Something to be noted is in West Coast games, so San Fran, Seattle, Dodgers, Angels, uh, I think, what is the Marine Lair? Whatever it is, it heat plays less of a factor until it gets real hot, burns up, that off a little bit. So it's going to play a little bit less of a factor. But, yeah, like we like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot of great places, so this Angels becomes even more enticing. Yeah, definitely going to be enticing. And this is an offense that I always love to play anyways. I'm always like all over them. So uh, I'll definitely get some exposure. Uh, I think Ian Kinsler is going to be a phenomenal value play. If I can pay it for Trout, of course, like Upton here in this spot. Uh, Albert Pools, I'm kind of curious. Uh, let me let me see if uh, Cole Hamels, he's been in the league a while. I like when these guys are in the league a while against like a guy like Pools. How many at-bats do we think they've had against each other throughout their career? Cole Hamels, so Pools played over for St. Louis. My guess is 
60. No, that seems high. 60? No, 48. And actually, someone has more. And that's Justin Upton. He's actually had 51. So uh, they've actually had a, a lot of attempts against Was Upton them. in the same division as, like, did – I know uh, he played – I remember Tampa. Yeah, with the Braves, I bet. Braves and Phillies, they crossed path. Uh, it was probably during that time, not very long time ago. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Pools is, a, he's, what, 11 for 48, which is not great. And then uh, Elton's 5 for uh, 50 for 51, which is nothing special. But I was just curious. I love when the old guys have been in this league for a while. I want to get to another old guy. I just like looking at it for fun. So uh, that's pretty interesting. But I'll be loading up against Cole Hamels. I think the Angels are way to go. And you talked about liking Price. I like Richards more. Uh, the Rangers strike out a ton. This is a team that we look to target. Uh, I'm curious, Grant, you, do you like Richards a little bit more than Price, or you still think Price is the better guy? I mean, I could see going with Richards and Cash instead of Price. Price has a tougher matchup. But, like, seeing Richards' price tag in the 3.5 implied team total for the Rangers, like, that's that's a spot where I think a lot of people are – more people are going to go on Richards than they are for Price. And this this Texas team, like, a lot of these guys in here can walk at a pretty decent rate, which is what Richards struggles with greatly. So he's still probably my third or fourth favorite pitcher on a point-per-dollar basis on the entire slate. Just I think I'm going to lock in Price instead, so that's why I'm not on him. But if Price were not an obligation on the slate for me, then I would be going real heavy on Richards. All right. And I think that wraps up that game. Uh, nothing else there to see. Let's go to the Philadelphia Phillies, San Francisco Giants in that big ballpark, which I really hate playing the bats in. Never really a fan of it. But this could be the slate where we maybe start playing some of these bats because, again, we don't like it. But, uh, you know, we have Vincent Velasquez, who's not a guy I like to target. I think he's got a lot of upside against this uh, Giants lineup. I know it's improved. Uh, they got Joe Panic back, but I don't really want to. Uh, I don't think I really like Velasquez that much. I don't like the Giants bats. And then on the opposite side, you know, I don't like Andrew Suarez, and I want to target him, but the Phillies have just been so bad. I don't think I can do it. So what are you doing with this game, Grant? I'm kind of a little confused. Um, Suarez is, seems like he's been decent. Like, he's not a guy that I really look into that often. But, I mean, is there something I'm missing with his numbers where he's priced at 4.8K? Is he really 4.8K? I, I think I had uh, I have 6.5K, and then, oh, yeah, I had the FanDuel one up at this moment. Yeah, he's 4.8K. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you need the value and you think, but it's a really good pitching slate. That's the only problem. I, I, if he was on like the early slate, I think it'd be more interesting. Well, but so the thing is, if people who want to force Coors bats in and they want either Verlander or Degrom, they're yeah. gonna go heavy on Suarez because, I mean, just if you look at his numbers this year, they're really good. Um, I honestly, like I said, I have not looked into that much. Has he just not actually played that late into games? I'm trying to figure out why these numbers dictate a 4.8 Reichs tag. Is he not gonna, allowed to go late? Because I mean, he's getting crushed. I mean, he is getting crushed against righties. But 4.8 is pretty cheap. Um, I, I would think he'd be more in like the six range. So it does feel like sort of a discount at 4.8. Um, but I don't know. It is. It is really interesting. Like if you like mean, he's play- getting crushed versus righties, but they're playing in San Fran, and yeah, I mean, and- realistically, a lot of these bats. Um, I guess a lot of them are switch hitters, but Hoskins not in here. It just seems like a spot where it feels like a watered down lineup. I mean, you look at it: Cesar Hernandez, Aaron Althier, Herrera, Santana, Franco, Nick Williams, Kingery, Alfera. In this big ballpark, I get what you're saying, right? It, does, it feels like an ugly lineup without Hoskins. Yeah, I think Suarez may actually be the highest owned pitcher on the slate. If people are jamming in cores, I guess that could be possible. Like doing the Verlander cores, I get what you're saying. And if you, I don't know, I feel like. I feel like people would rather take the shot on price, but maybe they are scared off of uh, the Astros. They don't like I don't Houston. know. Like they're going price. They're going Verlander to Grom with their SP1. And depending on how much Coors bats in, they're either going Price, Richards, or Suarez. 
I can tell you I'm not doing that. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I get talked onto it, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see myself going that route at, at the moment, but I guess uh, we'll have to see. Uh, so are you going to play him? You think he's going to be interesting? I mean, if you think he's going to be owned a lot, I don't think I'd want to be, you know, having too much Suarez, but what about you? What do you think? I think I'd rather go with Velasquez. I mean, the guy's got good K stuff. His home run concerns are going to be limited going up against this Giants team in, in whatever it is. I can't remember, AT&T Park. Um, so I, I've got some interest in Velasquez just as a weird off-the-board GPP play with some huge upside. Like, not quite the upside of DeGrom or Verlander, but definitely more points possible if DeGrom or Verlander have a bad day. Yeah, uh, I, 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 and I just like the pitching too much at the top. It's going to be tough for me to go that route. It, it, I just feel like I can get a price upgrade from Velasquez up to those other guys. I think just find the money on the slate. I think I'll be able to, so... Uh, I don't know. I, this is a cross-off game for me. I don't know. I just don't want to get too much exposure to it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, anything else in this game, Grant? I mean, you're a cash game guy. It makes complete sense. But yeah. Suarez is going to garner as much ownership as I think he is. I don't mind taking a bunch of these Philly bats. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Tampa Bay Rays, Seattle Mariners, 7.5 total. I believe they're your Seattle Mariners. You're a fan of them. Uh, and they got Marco Gonzalez going up against Chris Archer. So we don't have that wonky uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, weird, uh, you know, Sergio Romo starting game. So uh, what are you doing with this game? Again, this is a game I really don't like a ton. If I take any pitcher, I kind of think I'm liking maybe Marco Gonzalez. He's been pretty solid this year. But uh, I don't know. It feels like a cross-off game for me on this slate too. But what about you? If you're not throwing in one of those top two pitchers and Verlander or DeGrom, you want to pair someone else with Price, then I don't think – if you're one upside, Archer is going to be the obvious decision here. Um, but I'm not using either of these pitchers, I don't think. And I'm going to stack the Mariners pretty hard. Yeah. So you just said you're going to stack the Mariners hard? Not a lot of the guys in this lineup strike out at a huge rate. Archer gives up a whole lot of bombs, as we know, and it's even more on the road. The Safeco field is not that bad for righty powers. So Cruz, Hanniger, Healy are all decent options. And rounding out your stack with Seager or Segura or D. Gordon is not the worst side of the world. I don't imagine a whole lot of people are going to be on this stack. And it's got probably the most upside of the under four implied run total games. Like, realistically, it goes Coors, it goes angels for me and then it goes uh with safeco or with the mariners that's where i'm going to be getting some off the board exposure for gpps yeah i guess like this is such a different slate like it feels ugly rostering maybe guys in a 3.87 total but i i get it because everything is kind of ugly on the slate hitting wise uh so I guess you can do it because, again, when Archer gets hit hard, I mean, it can get ugly, and I totally understand that. But uh, not for me. I, you know, I'm a cash guy, man. That's, that's definitely not going to be something I love. But uh, I get it. There's a lot of power in this lineup with these bats. So uh, I totally understand it between the guys like Seager, Cruz, Hanniger. I mean, there's so much upside between those guys. And, uh, you know, Gordon and Seager at the top of the lineup, too. They obviously have uh, a lot of speed that you can help them out a ton. So I totally, totally get it. Uh, anything else in this game? No interest in the Rays or Marco Gonzalez? Want to just move on? Yep. All right, last game of the slate, we got the Miami Marlins and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, we got Zach Greinke, who's, uh, you know, probably a uh, forgotten ace on this slate or a forgotten really good pitcher. And then Caleb Smith. Um, it's tough. I kind of looked at this one and I was like, well, I kind of don't really want Greinke because I like these other top-end options. But it is the Marlins. They don't strike out a ton. That is one of the things, too. So it kind of gives Greinke more of a downgrade, too. 
Um, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of staying away from this spot. I kind of like Goldschmidt on the, uh, you know, on the Diamondbacks, maybe attack some of the righties like John Ryan Murphy, who's been absolutely raking Nick Ahmed Owings on the Diamondbacks. I think they're going to be an interesting team. And if we can get that roof open, uh, if it is open again, I know the fans have voted and said we like the roof open more. So if it's open, I think this could be an offense that we look to kind of attack with. What about you? I'm staying away. I'd be more apt to use Caleb Smith, honestly. Like, the kid's striking out guys at a huge clip. No one's going to pay that 9K price tag. No one. But this this Diamondbacks offense, like, people forget the Lamb's just terrible versus lefties. So I'm not really scared of it. I mean, we could end up with four or five lefties in this lineup. Peralta also, like, lefty in there. It may not even be in the lineup. I, I think I'd much rather go with Caleb Smith than I would with the Diamondbacks offense and then I'm probably not touching Grinky, and I may use Bohr as a one-off as at just as cheap price tag at low ownership. But that's because Matt Olson's not on the late slate. Yeah, oh, man, good old Matt Olson. That's going to be fun on the early. Uh, that wraps it up, though, again, like I said. I like the Diamondbacks a little bit more than you do, but uh, we'll have to see. I think that roof is going to be a big uh, big Matt, big uh, decision-maker for me, so I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, but that wraps up the slate, Grant. Uh, thanks for joining me. Before we go, get out of here, uh, let's do the stacks. Uh, stacks of the day on this late slate. It's not the greatest, but, uh, you know, we have to figure out what we're going to stack up, Grant. So who's your favorite stack? Who do you want to go with? Mariners are probably my favorite big field GPB stack. Smaller field ones, I'd either go Rockies or Angels. Yeah, well, we keep the cores one off, so you're good. Uh, we, we I forgot to say that. We don't. Right, really, big I field mean, GPPs, Mariners, small field Angels. Yeah, everyone knows. Obviously, if you want cores exposure, go for it. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Angels as mine. Angels is my favorite stack. They're the one that I'm gonna go with, and I'll also give you the Diamondbacks too. Uh, as long as that roof is open, I mean that's gonna be a factor for me. But uh, I really like the Angels stack. They're gonna be my favorite one that I kind of really like to load up on if I can. It's just uh, it'll be tough to see if I can work in the salaries because obviously we got expensive bats like Trout and Upton that I really want to get some exposure to uh, on the slate. But again, you're at Thanks a lot for joining me. It was good to have you on. Good to have you back. I know you've been traveling a lot lately, but you're back home, and uh, you know should be a uh, should be a fun uh, fun rest of the MLB year. I know you didn't hit the queue tonight, but I know you'll be keep trying for it, and you might get it again uh, coming up soon in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah hopefully. I mean, I've, I've only been playing in the queues for two weeks, and I got a first, second, and a third place finish. So. All right, keep trying, Grant. And as always, we'll bring you back at some point coming up here. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys, though. Really appreciate having you. If you want, give us a follow on Twitter. My Twitter channel is at Travis Mangone. It's T-R-A-V-I-S-M-A-N-G-O-N-E. And Grant, you are GNEFER07, correct? That is correct. N-E-I-F-F-E-R. There you go. Give him a follow over there. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. For me, Travis Mangone. For GNEFER, Grant Nefer, we are out of here. See you, kids. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. 
Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 US only. 